0: Now, today we conclude our three-week sermon series entitled Chosen. And I'll remind you that in your bulletin, you have a small space there for you to sort of keep track of anything that might sound remotely like anything you want to remember about this morning. And then also at the very bottom there, after you've heard everything I have to say, me and my big mouth, give that a read there, and this gives you a way to connect what we talk about here on Sunday morning to everything else you do from Monday to Saturday. So I'm- Give you that as what a reminder. But if you were here two weeks ago, you remember that we looked at the calling of the prophet Jeremiah, and we considered that Jeremiah was chosen by God to do God's work, particularly to be a prophet to the nations. And we thought to ourselves and we concluded that like Jeremiah, much like Jeremiah, we too are chosen by God to be God's people. And then last week, we looked at an image that God gave us through Jeremiah, and we considered God to be the living water. And part of the prayer for that week was that we would learn to realize that many times we, we trade the goodness that God gives as living water for, for something that's not living water. So, so this week, we're still with Jeremiah, and, and we're looking at a very, I think, familiar image in this book. Now, if the passage isn't familiar to you, the image probably is. Jeremiah isn't the only uh, writer or the only person, the only book we have in the Bible to use this image of God as potter. And part of what that tells me is, you know, when something's good, stick with it. It's a powerful image, God as potter. You know, we are not very far from one of the largest churches in our nation, and one of the ones that's most widely known around the world, and everything else considered and put, apart, put aside, I love the name of the church, the Potter's House. <laughs> love that. Kind of gives the impression that something's going on there at the Potter's House. It's a powerful image of God as the master potter, creator, work. Now, of course, Jeremiah uses this image for a very particular reason. You'll also remember, hopefully, that uh, in Jeremiah's time, one of the things he saw happen in his life was that his country, his people, his nation were, were overrun by somebody else, and everything he knew about his home and his land and everything else was taken from him. In that light, Jeremiah, and certainly after the fact, others like him, interpreted those actions as God's way of working in history against them. So that after all this has happened and people have responded, what in the world just happened? The conclusion they came was, God did this to us. Now, of course, God didn't do this for just any old reason, right? According to Jeremiah and other prophets, the people have turned their backs towards God. And they didn't just say, oh, God, well, we don't believe you're a God anymore. We don't believe in any God anymore. No, what they did is they turned their back on God and went to another God. And because of that, according to Jeremiah and other biblical writers, God condemned them, punished them. Now, that brings up serious questions for us about evil and suffering and punishment today. least it should. So we have to ask, maybe, if we're we're going to look at that, which we're not really going to too much today, but it's still, it's something we need to think about and something to give us to talk about maybe during the week as well as we think about this other than today, right? But did Jeremiah and did some of the other leaders and prophets, did they interpret their history wrong? Or did they interpret it correctly? Either way, we need to think about what that means for us today. Now, this is is what they believe, no matter what, that God had worked against them. Now, the part of it that we look at today is that somebody had to tell them what happened. And that somebody that was chosen for that was our good friend Jeremiah. Now, I want you to realize where that put Jeremiah You know the phrase, right? If you don't like the message, shoot the messenger. And that's exactly what they wanted to do to Jeremiah. We keep reading in Jeremiah's book, we realize he wasn't only alienated by this message, they were out to kill him. And that's part of the frustration that he had. Remember, he's he's the weeping prophet, the wailing prophet, right? And that's part of what he's dealing with. God, I'm just doing your work and... Why is this happening? You know, and that's a different message that you hear today. There's a lot of people who consider themselves prophets. And if, if you look at what they say and what somebody like Jeremiah said, said, it's totally different. Today, if someone says they are a prophet, they fill up auditoriums and people flock to stadiums. They want to know what they have to say. They're excited about what they might hear. How was for Jeremiah. care what he had to say really see the difference being sometimes today we hear people say all you have to do is come to god and god will make it all better or send in this and god will automatically make things better but jeremiah was saying you are evil we are evil and if we don't turn around this is what's going to happen See, people dig the other message, don't they? (laughs) But not quite this other one. Still true today. A lot of ways. just be mindful of that. Be careful of that when, when, when someone or anyone thinks, tells you that all you have to do. Because for Jeremiah, it wasn't that simple. And for Jeremiah, being God's chosen prophet for this for this task, and for this message, didn't do anything good for him, it seems. And I think we have to realize that as well. If we are going to consider ourselves chosen by God, sometimes not everything works out the way we wanted it to. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Sometimes it feels like everybody's after us. But I want you to open your Bible again to Jeremiah 18. Considering all those things about what Jeremiah is saying and what it might have meant for the people, today for us, I want us to focus on verse number 4. Repeat this after me. The vessel he was making of clay was clay. was was spoiled in the potter's hand. And he reworked it <clears throat> Excuse me. And he, it and he reworked it into another vessel, into another vessel. As, seemed good to him. as seemed good to him. Now, underline that verse, write it down on the back of your bulletin, memorize it, whatever you need to do. That is our focus for right now. That verse from Jeremiah. We. Even as God's chosen people are shaped by so many things other than God. We are shaped by what other people tell us about who we should be. We are shaped by our culture. We are shaped by other people's attitudes. We are shaped by circumstances. We are shaped by things going on in other places of the world. We are shaped by so many other things other than God. Even as God's chosen. Now, if you don't believe me, consider this. Because we are shaped by other things other than God, it makes perfect sense for us to say you know what i'm going to punch somebody in their other cheek instead of turning my other cheek because they deserved it they needed it somebody had to tell them you know what they did to me we can rationalize or we're shaped by other things we realize you know we'll give somebody two three extra dollars because they did a good job bringing us our food Instead of getting up off our blessed assurance and making sure that other people who don't have food get it. Even though it may take a few extra dollars. Or how about this? We understand, and it's just common knowledge, we get so excited, we're more excited about next Sunday. The very first game of the, of the season. Preseason, we're past that. But we'll get so much more excited about that game than we will about what we are going to celebrate here Sunday. morning. People will talk about the game more than they will talk about Christ's work. So don't try to convince me that we haven't been shaped by other things. Because other things have shaped us. Now remind me the two things in Jeremiah in verse 4 here, remind me of the two things that happened. Something happened to the clay at first. What was it? The clay was spoiled. And then what happened to the clay? They reworked it. Reworked it. Some of your translations will say, shaped it. Now think about that. I'm sure there's a technical reason or whatever for people who are potters, potterers, which one? Otters, right? I'm sure when, when, when the clay spoils, that means something in particular. But when I hear that word, I think of going to the refrigerator, getting that gallon of milk, and finding out it's spoiled. Now, what's the first thing you do when you find out it's spoiled? Ooh! <laughs> Ooh, Lord, who did that? Then what do you do? Now, last week, we pretty much concluded that all of us, when we come across something that's worthless, we throw it out too. And this week, I think we can pretty much guarantee that if anything's spoiled in our refrigerator, on our counters, we're going to throw it out as well. Not Potter. Clay was spoiled. Otter didn't throw the clay out. Potter just Friends, you and I are shaped by so many other things other than God. What I think we need to realize is what happens when we do that. You see, I was proud of myself. I did these things myself, y'all. Okay? Now, first I'm looking at this one. I'm thinking, what in the world was I thinking at all? The The edges aren't straight. I thought they looked good. It's got, you can't tell. This like thing has a bad case of cellulite or something. It's just It's not very pretty, this thing right here. I don't even know why I keep it. But then some things are a little bit more deceiving. Because when I first got this bag, I thought, oh, oh, I think I found my calling. Look at it. That's pretty. But then I got to looking at it. Wait a minute. Aren't bowls supposed to be like circles? You can't tell. That's not quite a circle. Um. And in that color right there very pretty? Right? What happened here? <laughs> to the other side. Um, and then, you know, I can only use this for certain things. I couldn't use this for a bowl of cereal or for water or anything else because I don't know if you can tell also, but I can see you through the bottom of this bowl. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> This is what happens when other things besides God shape us. Sometimes it's very evident how ugly it is. But then other times it can be kind of deceiving. It's not until we really look at what we or what somebody else has created for us, realize it's not real good. But the clay spoiled. In the potter's hand, Potter did not throw out the clay. Potter, friends, let me tell you that I so much of our world, what so many of our friends, what so many of our family members, the people we know in our life, what so many of them need to know now, that God just throw away. There are plenty of people and circumstances that just need someone to help remind them to let them know that God reshapes, God heals brokenness for our lives. Might I suggest that you and I have been chosen to tell them. Think about that. You everything about you have been chosen by God to do God's work. You've been chosen for so much more, more of the living water that God offers, and you have been chosen to let somebody else know God So as a teacher, realize that you can bring somebody a new life. As a parent, as a mother, as a father, as a cousin, as a brother, as a secretary, as a boss, as a volunteer, as anything, you can help show somebody else that God doesn't throw away, God reshapes. God mends our brokenness. But for some of us, that's very hard to wrap our minds around that we should be telling others that because we haven't quite figured it out ourselves. So let me also say to you, That you are chosen by God to know you are also. Don't let anybody else convince you that just because you have worthless areas in your life, that you are worthless. Don't let anybody else convince you that because there are some parts in your life, even right now, still today, that are kind of spoiled and that make people go, ew. Don't let them convince you that God is done with you. Because the good news, friends, God is not done with us. You have to realize is that God reshapes us. mends our brokenness. Like the psalmist says, the works of God that includes you. So I don't care what they say about you. God said you're my work. I think part of what we need to do in order to remember that and to live by that is to start with a familiar prayer. And I want you to uh, bow your heads with me as we pray this together. and Ask God to help us remember We are received. Change my heart, O God. Make it ever true. Change my heart, O God, that I may be like you. You are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and make us. This is Amen.